Ordinary. Um, <clears throat> hey, Alyssa. Hey, sir. What are you giggling about already? You said ordinary. Ordinary. <laughs> are you ordinarily ready? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Incredible. We're so professional. It's amazing. Okay, so for today's episode, we have a very special guest. Well, joining us today is Raw Beauty Christie, the one, the only. Robbie, it's Hello. Chris. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> I'm putting on her best uh, radio show host. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, have you ever been on the radio before? No, and now I know why. <laughs> From today, just now. <laughs> you solidified that this is not a uh, strong point. No. So today we are going... Today why are you? So today we are going to be discussing chronic illness. We had this uh, actually requested by a listener. Can't remember whom, but thanks. Um, so I'm going to go through each of your guys' chronic illnesses. You said you're like, but thanks. Uh, but thank you. <laughs> um, so Alyssa. Yes. You deal with chronic pain from a fractured back, mm-hmm. chronic sinusitis and tonsillitis. Mm-hmm. Asthma mm-hmm. and arthritis. I do, yes. Fantastic. Christy, I know you deal with <laughs> chronic cluster headaches. Yes. Polycystic ovarian syndrome and insulin resistance as well. Yep. And you've also dealt with gallbladder disease and kidney stones. Yes. And I've had strep throat once. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us all about it, Sam. So I think I'm probably the best to speak on this. I think so. I think what you guys are dealing with is like, Fine. Minimal <laughs> like, in comparison. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was like it was really bad. <laughs> Strap throat. <laughs> oh, it was bad for a solid day and a half. It was a lot for me. It really was. <laughs> I've never been the same, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> so, I don't know who'd like to jump in on this first, but what is it like living with chronic pain, y'all? It's pretty fun. Love it's, it. I. Lo- it's the favorite thing I've ever done, frankly. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's all I talk about, and I feel like people are sick of hearing it, and that's a big part of it, <laughs> is that you feel like the worst, because yeah. you're always like, when you feel something all the time, it's all you can talk about, <laughs> because yeah. it's like your reality, but... Um, yeah, that's the thing, too, with like chronic illness, and I feel like especially like my back and your chronic head- uh, cluster headaches, uh, like I said in the anxiety podcast, I think, um, people can't see it. Yeah. Right? Like, the only thing that I can see for your cluster headaches is, like, sometimes, is it your right eye or your left, left eye? eye? Your left eye droops, right? And, like, that's something that is, um, it's not as easy to see as, like, a cast on an arm or mm-hmm. something like that. And it was the same thing with my back, which was, you know, other than for me to have, like, a complete um, body cast, basically, or, like, one of those, what is that called? Stabilizer things? What's that called? Anyway. I don't know. That thing from that show, that Strap one. throat only. I don't know if I have to say that again. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> Like antibiotics. Um, yeah. That's a, yeah. <laughs> like a halo. But that's the thing. It's like we, we can't see these things. And so when we're constantly talking about them, because, I mean, 
it is an excuse and it's a valid excuse. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't get out of bed today or I can't even see in front of me or something. Oh, I deal with migraines as well. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I just forgot. Just <laughs> add that one to the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, I think that people do get annoyed because if they don't experience chronic pain or the same kind of chronic pain, they can't understand, mm-hmm. which can be really frustrating. And I feel like that's that way with everything. It's it's kind of sad that we can't really understand it until we've experienced it. So it's like with everything. Like I didn't understand anxiety until I had my first panic attack. And then the I felt so bad for anyone who deals with it. And even last weekend I was dealing with massive anxiety, which isn't something I deal with often, maybe like a couple times a year. But every time I do, it makes me feel a trillion times more empathetic towards anyone else. But it sucks that it takes me feeling it mm-hmm. to now then understand and be able to feel not not like I didn't feel bad from people before but you can't but to fully to fully get it it. and that's why it sounds so terrible and I've always said like I wish I could just give some like everybody a cluster headache for like 30 seconds just so they could yeah because then nobody would ever make you feel bad again (laughs) yeah you know you would get it well and I think that I've like I've witnessed just through like the time that we've been friends I've seen so many people that like it seems like people start out by being like oh Christy like I'm so sorry that sucks so much and then eventually over time they're like okay Mm -hmm. like give it up kind of thing and it's it's just interesting to watch because it's like it's not like your pain has gotten any less no it Mm -hmm. stayed obviously the same which is why it's chronic yes and it's so debilitating but you have to it sucks because you have to downplay it because otherwise you're just complaining about it all the time so people like how do you feel today you're like oh it's all right even though you like you're dying feel like you're dying but you can't just always be like it's a terrible day because then first (laughs) of all you're a complainer right I mean I I'm seen as a complainer no matter what I say because and what sucks is I actually had like a total mental breakdown. It was actually last week when I was supposed to be here doing the podcast. And I, that was like one of the worst days I've had headache-wise. I felt horrible. And then I increasingly feel horrible because I had to cancel plans, which makes you that bitch. You're always having to cancel <laughs> because of something nobody else can see. And you're like, right. I don't feel good. And then you feel like but they don't believe me because they can't see it. It's just like what you were saying yeah. before. And you feel guilty. And then the anxiety sets in because you're like, always the one that feels like shit and so it sucks to be the person without sounding too complaining but i'm not going to try to worry about that no don't worry about that man (laughs) not on the podcast not here um (laughs) it sucks being the one that people don't ask you like how's it going they're like how do you feel yeah that's always the first question everyone starts with because they always know like is it a bad day or a good day and then everyone starts looking at you like you're the sick one so you know what i mean it's just like i just want to feel like i don't want to be the one that when you see me after you haven't seen me for a long time, how have you been feeling? Like, oh, I like, like shit, Nancy. Yeah. And I hate that I'm that bitch. Like, oh, just the sick one or the, uh, you know, and it's just, tell me, I just, I'm annoyed with myself. Like hearing myself, cluster handing, like I swear, <laughs> hearing it, I hear it. I hear how I sound, but I can't help it. But that sucks that you have to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I, I feel like I, yeah, feel, I feel, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I relate to you in that because when I was in middle school and high school, I had already, we'll get into this later, but I had already had like my back fracture for like a long time. Like this happened when I was like, but a youngin. So by the time I got to middle school and stuff, people would be like, oh, you can't do this because you're back. Like, oh, you can't do this because you're back. And it's like some of this shit, yeah, I could do, but I just became the one who couldn't do anything or that we had to be so gentle with. And like, so that was almost like you defaulted to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, um, 
yeah it just sucked and then other people like if they were having back problems like my good friends they just would like be like oh my back really hurts and then they're like oh sorry yeah and I'm like, dude it's fine like we all have back pain like i don't expect that all of you have to break your l5 in order to like be able to tell me <laughs> that your back freaking hurts like damn yeah. and i mean and pain is relative because for me yeah i have like i'll explain what cluster headaches are in a minute for anybody who's listening who has no idea what they are because it sounds like you just get like a cluster of headaches it sounds like what it is why did they name it that i don't know <laughs> but pain is relative so like even for me who I, I have these horrifying horrifying headaches it still hurts really bad when i stub my toe just because mm. you're i've heard this before just because you're in a full body cast doesn't mean that my bro just my broken leg doesn't hurt you yeah. know it's it doesn't i try not to compare pain because i've had just regular headaches that i can't quit complaining about or like a hangnail that you know what i mean everything hurts yeah. and it's all relative so you can't compare pain and i'm not one of those people who likes to do that because a lot of people be like i can't even begin to understand what a cluster headache feels it's like well they hurt really bad but so does they hurt real bad they hurt bad but so does everything else you know yeah <laughs> so yeah. it's like yeah. i try not to like but mine I, is worse than yours one i think that i think that that is something that people with chronic pain kind of have to come into as well because i struggled for a long time i still dabble with like <laughs> uh emotionally like not outwardly but like just inwardly being like just fucking get up to mm -hmm. the people who i know well assume um don't have chronic pain mm -hmm. like this was i spoke about this it was mostly in my workplace when people would be like oh i'm so tired or oh, i have a cold or whatever and i'm like can you just freaking like buck up dude like i'm coming to work i have all of these chronic mm -hmm. issues but it's you're so right and like who that doesn't help anybody it doesn't help me and now sure. i'm just feeling bitter and this person is probably you know outwardly i'm like oh i'm so sorry for you but they're probably sensing that i'm like <laughs> And it doesn't, up. and what's hard is that, like, for me, I always say, like, oh, my God, I can't even imagine what it would be like to wake up and not be in pain. But I have had pain-free days, mm -hmm. and I take them for granted. I sit around doing sh shit all day, and then I'm like, because I always say, oh, if I was pain-free, I'd travel, and I'd do all this stuff. No, you wouldn't. You think you would, but then you think other people have taken their days for granted. But it's, it's really easy to feel good and forget what it was like when it was really bad. Mm. But most days, I'd say most days are bad. That sounds terrible to say. Most days of my life, no. You, but I'm in you pain. don't have to worry about censoring <laughs> no, no. yourself here. It's, this is the thing, Christy, is if it's true for you, it's fucking true. Yeah. yeah. Whoever wants to say something, it's like, that's fine. But like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather you come on here and be truthful. And especially because we're like friends. And I think the internet has made me really cautious of mm. of really downplaying it. Not to mm -hmm. blame my subscribers or anything, because they're just wonderful, mm -hmm. most of them. Um, but most of the people saying those things, honestly, aren't yeah. your subscribers, yeah. you know? And I think it does get old hearing people talk about it all the time. It's like, oh my god, bitch, get over it. And I hear, I hear myself, like, again, but you downplay it and you just don't mention it because you don't want to come off annoying or you don't want to come off complaining and so i you'll hear me be like and no no complaints like a yeah, million times yeah. because i'm so used to backtracking my way out of it so i don't sound ungrateful for my life well and i think sorry listen no 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 oh. um i think that's a thing too that i deal with with depression and stuff like that is like people don't want to hear it people get sick of hearing it they're like you're such a complainer you have everything that i could ever want blah 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 whatever all that kind of stuff and it's like, okay, but sometimes, like, I just need to say it. Like, mm -hmm. I just need to get it out yes. there kind of thing. And I, and I think that I actually commend the fact that you do speak about it quite, like, 
not not even frequently but quite openly and yeah. and you do discuss what it's like and um you know you you talk about it when it's going on because i imagine that it is debilitating so it's really hard for you to then you know like in your job jump on a camera and pretend <laughs> you're fine when you're not i can't and, do and, it yeah and even as like you know like a personal friend <clears throat> contrary to popular belief even though I don't like all of your replies on Twitter <laughs> um you know as a personal friend I I I think it's so much easier when you're just like sorry dealing with this today and I'm like no problem yeah, because I might sure. not understand it but like at least I can be like oh, okay that's what's going on and it's interesting because Alyssa you have such a different approach to how you speak about your chronic pain because I have known Alyssa for a decade. Um, I know about her chronic illnesses within the last month, <laughs> basically. Like you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, like like Alyssa and I. Um, over a year ago, we went to New York and we were chit chatting at breakfast and stuff like that. And I was saying like, what do you want to do today? Blah blah blah. And she was like, well, I just I can't walk very much. And I was like, oh, how come? And she was like, well, because my I think it was your back. I can't remember if it was my back or if I had a cyst on my ovary. Oh, well, maybe it was your ovary. Because yeah. I, I do get cysts on my ovaries like once every two months or something like that. Yeah, so they hurt. They so hurt. you were dealing with that. And it's like I – it was the first time I had ever heard you mention it. And so with, with you, Alyssa, <laughs> I struggle to know what's really going on because – you don't you don't say basically mm-hmm. and so <laughs> this is like desensitized me so much that when Alyssa is in serious trouble <laughs> I'm like so alarmed I don't know what to do with myself like <laughs> Alyssa like always is like sucking on mints and stuff and we were in a Michael's and she started choking on this mint and I literally <laughs> just like panicked because I was like oh god like Alyssa's actually not okay and like expressing it through choking to death and I just was like uh uh like I like I was about to let her die because I was like so panicked by the fact that she was actually expressing pain this is a true story and I was like I was still trying to like walk and she was still trying to be like oh like she was like turning red and like like couldn't breathe and was like dying but she still was like about to go to fetch an ambulance herself well i know who i don't want around in an emergency (laughs) i think you're gonna be okay (laughs) just pounding on her back that was pretty bad i'm the i think my saving grace there is that it wasn't meant so it dissolved in my (laughs) if not um r.i.p Alyssa. in my lungs i think i like what ended up happening was i think i coughed it up and it ended up in my like nasal cavity and then i it like dissolved in my nasal cavity sorry to everybody who's listening hey you guys are in for a wild ride (laughs) yeah and that's the only reason Alyssa lived is because it was something that dissolved eventually (laughs) and she just had to wait it out a very painful wait yeah mints in the nasal cavity yeah but (laughs) oh Sorry, <laughs> that's my chronic tonsillitis. Um, but it's interesting because, like, I feel like you, Christy, are very open about it. You, Alyssa, are very private about it and just kind of are like, mm, I'm just not going to mention it sort of thing. And it's it's interesting being a friend to both of you, dealing with different chronic illnesses and, and expressing it in, like, such different ways. Mm. And I don't know why I chose to be – I think I personally chose to be open about it because nobody that I personally was watching – was and so yeah. i felt like am i the only bitch out here with that's head hurts all the time am i the only person and so i started off my youtube career with my old youtube channel when we were trying to conceive oh i have infertility too i didn't mention that but we can add that to the, list. <laughs> add that to the list just uh, jot that down um uh so that's why i started my old uh 
YouTube channels because I had infertility and I wanted to find other like-minded people that could relate. And then because other people were sharing their struggles, I wasn't alone. So I wanted to make sure that with chronic pain or whatever I'm dealing with, like buying a house and it ended up being crappy. Sometimes it sounds like I'm complaining. I'm just being honest because Mm -hmm. this is the stuff that a lot of people deal with and a lot of people have, but because people don't talk about it, which nobody has to talk about what they're going through. But then if you don't, sometimes you're like, am Am I I the the only only one one doing this? And you're not the only one. And that's what I discovered with, you know, infertility and trying to conceive back in the day is that I felt alone until I looked and saw that other people were sharing their stories. And if they weren't, I would not have known what to do. I would have had zero inclination of what direction to go into still don't have a kid but Mm -hmm. at least I know now everything I mean it opened up a whole world to me same with cluster headaches if other people didn't share online yeah I would have no idea what to do and so that's why I like to share yeah and oh sorry (laughs) I was just gonna say quickly um that was kind of the impression I got from watching your videos like years and years ago um, the ones where you would like sit in front of the TV. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got the impression that you were just basically sharing for exactly that reason, like to like not make other people feel alone. But for me as well, I think it was helpful because I became educated about something that I may never experience. But then it was something where I was like, okay, cool. Now I can be mindful of that because I know that this thing exists essentially. Yeah, exactly. A lot of times, I mean, most people haven't heard of it. And if you haven't heard about it, why would anyone put funding towards it? Why would anyone, you know, maybe people might have it out there and they're just like, man, I get these really weird headaches every single day and I don't know what's mm-hmm. happening. And they don't, you know, how would you know? I mean, yeah. I, d- I went a long time without diagnosis because I was just like, well, this is weird and hurts more than anything I've ever experienced. But I just might, I, I just, must, you know, I had no idea. And yeah. so it took me scouring the internet to be able to find a shred of information. And I, I like to fill those gaps on the internet if I can. If I have an experience Mm. in something, I'd like to please share it because maybe it could even help one person. And I think, I think it has. I get messages all the time of people being like, hey, I'm so glad you mentioned this. My husband's been dealing with this. He just got diagnosed. And so that means a lot to me. So even if I come off complaining or whiny or whatever, I'll take it because it could help somebody. And that's all I care about at the end of the day. Yeah, of course. Um, so do you want to take us kind of like take it, take it back to when you, take it back. when you, like, when did you have your first cluster headache? Were you born with this? Did, when did this kind of start and what did it look like? Super healthy kid, living my life completely normally, eating everything kids eat, living my best life. Like I would eat like a million otter pops a day. That could have something to do with this. So <laughs> maybe don't let your kids do that. <laughs> I, uh, <coughs> I was totally healthy normal no never an issue as a kid maybe an ear infection here and there but live my life like regular as hell got my period when I was 10 that's when things kind of started going downhill um so I've never had regular periods my entire life so this goes into when I started wanting to be sexually active at the age of 15 I went to the teen clinic in my town and she asked me when was your last period and I was like oh I don't know like eight months ago Oh, wow. And she was like, uh, what? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> she, she did say, though, oh, that's normal. And I was like, oh, is it? Okay, fine. Give me birth control, lady. So started birth control right then, and I was on it probably until I was 20, 20? Um, so for like 15 to 20, never had normal periods. Told me it was normal. As a 15-year-old kid, you don't question it. She's an adult. I don't, I don't know. Right. What she means by normal is common. It's not normal, though, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to right. not have periods. It's... It's common, though. A lot of women have polycystic ovarian syndrome. So at 19, I went and saw an OB, and I was diagnosed with PCOS, which is 
cysts on your ovaries instead of it's a thing it's never been too bad other than the infertility I don't have a lot of pain associated with it I'm lucky in that way I do sometimes get cysts that rupture it always I always think it's my appendix and I always go to the emergency room and they're always like you're fine uh, they're always like it's your it's my appendix flaring up again guys <laughs> I get my room ready so many times I'm like oh 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 my appendix just ruptured and there then it I goes go in and they're like no it's just still your ovary I'm like oh you know no. what sorry to interrupt you but you know what's so annoying about that is that I I mean I've never had an appendix rupture so I don't know but I just feel like if this was happening to the entire population and by that I mean both men and women I do feel like they would take it a little bit more seriously like I'm not trying to call the men out but I'm just like this shit hurts man and I yes. broke my back okay and like when I have a cyst rupture it is like oh, oh it's like I'm I literally know. holding the chair right now thinking about it oh, like no I keel over I literally thought my appendix I thought I'd, an organ in my body ruptured open and then yeah. they're like nope just a cyst I'm like oh, just, just a cyst mm-hmm. just to pop a quick cyst on it just you oh know. my goodness god yeah. in heaven yeah so that, anyway, i got that, that at, same same <laughs> they don't take it seriously at all because no. i mean i guess at the end of the day it's not but it hurts real bad it yeah. hurts me okay jeez. just pass me a little t3 or two I know, jeez. Jeez. <laughs> yeah so that was 19 i got diagnosed with that and then that's what i dealt with and then we started trying to have a baby like i would say age mm, 21 to 26 I think around that age I was actively trying going to a reproductive endocrinologist every month paying like maybe eight nine hundred bucks a month doing fertility treatments I was taking Clomid and Femera and all different kinds of fertility medications and getting ultrasounds and mid-cycle scans and doing all the (laughs) super fun stuff never got pregnant uh was told that I don't ovulate that's due to the polycystic ovarian syndrome um and that I we came to no conclusion basically Zach's totally fertile and normal apparently it's just all me so that's fun and then so I was on Clomid for like six months which is a drug that makes you ovulate okay and then they switched me to a drug called Femera which is actually a breast cancer drug it's not it's used off-label to help women ovulate they noticed when they gave it to people with breast cancer they ovulated it's weird anyway so I took that for three months and in that three months, I remember the first time I took Femera. Ow. I had the worst migraine of my entire life. I actually have it st- still up on YouTube. I filmed myself in the middle of it because I wasn't a headache getter. Can't imagine me as a non-headache getter. Before this, never. Didn't didn't have an issue. Weird. Um, what did that look like for the people who haven't seen it? That migraine. It was, I could not, I was pitch black bathroom just in just agony I mean I was like holy shit what is happening to me the only thing I'd done different was take this medication who knows if this is what started it all but it times up real perfectly yeah exactly so I got that and then I remember maybe a couple of weeks later I was sitting in the same bathtub and I got my very first cluster headache and I remember it so distinctly because cluster headaches I'll explain them I don't know if I should explain them right now. Yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah. Basically what they are is they are unilateral pain. They're one-sided. They're only going to ever occur on one side of your face, in your eye, in the trigeminal nerve that runs in your head. They don't, they're not headaches. They don't hurt your head at all. You could pound all over my head. It doesn't hurt. It's just your eyeball. And it kind of digs down the back of your neck. It feels like your eye is, exploding isn't even the right word. Because that can't even begin to 
Is it like, um, like, you know, when something gets like outrageously cold and it's like that, like, like sharp pain? Is it like that? No. It's dull. It feels like, it feels like your eye has swollen to the size of a, like a pool ball or something. And it's too big for your skull and you're, you want to rip your skull Like an immense pressure? Immense pressure and it's not sharp. Okay. It is sharp though. It, it's like it <laughs> so is hard all to of explain. it. Yeah. So hard to explain. If you can't, if you haven't experienced it, you yeah. can't understand it. It's so it's um it's and I hate to put it into terms like this because I feel like it's again I don't like to compare pain. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about it on medical terms, they've coined it the most painful thing in the world. Like wow, on the list of pain scales, everyone who's ever gotten one puts it at a fifty out of ten. Like it is, and I can attest. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not just like a dull ache it's an attack they come in attacks so you'll feel one coming on if you don't catch it in time heaven help you i mean you pace around you smack yourself in the face you're screaming it's like unbelievable you should look up i mean it's it's really alarming but if you look up a youtube video of somebody having a cluster attack it is yeah shocking i've i've watched videos actually of people getting cluster headaches and there was this one um in particular where i remember the girl was like screaming and crying and she was getting her husband to like smack punch her in her. the face yeah. yeah yeah yes i have been there uh it's a rare that i get to that point because i'm such a seasoned vet at this now that i can nip it in the bud before it gets to that point usually i'd say uh, once every couple of months i wait too long to take my medication because i think maybe it's not going to turn into one and you can ask my husband it's like <laughs> it's so horrific i've never it's like I go into another dimension. I'm almost not even there. Like, I'm yeah. just, it's such a guttural, like, primal thing where I'm just, like, pacing and I sit in the shower with the, it on full blast heat and um, just spray myself in the face with a, the water just to just detract from the pain until the wow. medication can kick in. It's so horrifying. So That's what I was going to ask um, is, like, when you say, like, catch it, you mean take your medication. Mm-hmm. Like, when you feel it coming yeah, on. So you have no... You can't just ignore it. You can't sit through it. Mm-hmm. There is a... So you know how sometimes, like, you get a stomach ache and you can, like, just sit there and, like... You can, like, will your way through it until it passes. Right. You cannot do that with a cluster attack. If you don't take medication... They, it's coined the nickname... And this is, you know, just trigger warning for anybody. But it's coined the nickname suicide headache. Because many people commit suicide from the pain. I have... This is, yeah, this is very... I don't talk about this much, but I have mm-hmm. been very close. Uh, and I am not a suicidal person. I love life. I think it's wonderful and amazing. But it hurts so bad that it's it's just blinding. You can't right. you can't prepare for it. There's nothing you can do to ease it except for medication. So I take a medication called sumatriptan or imitrex. It's the it's my lifesaver. If I didn't mm-hmm. have it, I would not be here because you can't sit through this pain. It's ten out of ten. It's it's so weird. It's just the weirdest yeah. thing. Came out of nowhere. I have no idea. How... Sorry. Gosh. That's okay. No. Um, how long... I have two questions. How long do these attacks generally last for you? Mm-hmm. And then my other question is, um, when you take the medication, does that basically keep you in almost like the pre-headache stage? Or does it just dull the pain of like mm-hmm. a cluster headache? So I unfortunately have atypical cluster headaches. So there are a couple of different kinds. There are episodic 
attacks, which is like, this is what they're called like the, the calendar headaches because most people who get them, mostly men, but women can get them too. But most people who get them, get them from a very specific time of the year to a very specific. So like, let's say January 1st to March 3rd. They know every year from January 1st to March 3rd, they're in a cluster cycle. But March 4th to next January 1st, pain-free. Hmm. Done. They can almost time them to the moment that they start. It is crazy. It's crazy. Most people get them that way. Episodic is what they're called. I have chronic, so I never get those pain-free periods. I have them all year around, and they... So most people that get them, too, like, they're... They get multiple attacks per day. Most of the time, it wakes them up during the night. The attacks last 15 minutes to 30 minutes sometimes, and they get multiple per day. Mine usually start by noon to two uh, almost every time almost because sometimes it's weird and then mine will last if i don't take my medication and i just let it run its course 10 hours maybe oh, wow. God. but that, that's why my doctor is like what's the deal here because i'm very atypical but he's determined i don't have this disease called trigeminal neuralgia because that like can get brought on by like the wind touching your face or like somebody walking by and like coughing in your direction like just the that pressure can cause an attack but mine is so atypical so that's also the problem is that normal treatments don't work on me right and that's why it's so frustrating because things that work on episodic sufferers they just don't work on chronic like botox and all that kind of crap because i know that's like probably something that both of you deal with too is like it's just so anytime someone's dealing with any kind of like medical thing even like me with acne which is obviously like not anywhere close everybody of course they're just trying to help but everybody's like well what about this and have you tried this and what about this thing and how about this and like and it's just like as if like especially both of you guys have been dealing with you know your chronic pains and illnesses for so long Mm -hmm. of course you've heard of that yeah like if one more person tells me to stretch i fucking swear (laughs) and i and i see their intention they're just trying to help yeah it it does sometimes get frustrating people like have you tried advil and you're like what (laughs) what is this advil Advil? (laughs) and it's like oh where where do i buy it (laughs) yeah i have tried everything i mean it i mean it's just it's laughable at this point but they mean well and i and i so especially on the internet i get comments sometimes 10 times a day sometimes 150 times a day people have you tried xyz and i i know they're coming from a good place um yes i've tried it (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh some things i haven't tried but they're the really unconventional treatments but i'm not i'm not opposed anymore i was opposed you know i've tried most of the the things available to me medication wise but some of them I have turned down like my doctor wants to put me on this medication called Topamax and um zonisamide and both of them have the side effects of like confusion not knowing how to form sentences seizures I'm just like you know what (laughs) I want to be myself still I don't want to be a shell of myself Mm -hmm. and those medications may work amazingly but so far everything I've tried doesn't so I'm not hopeful. <laughs> so, yeah. um, sorry. I just want to take it back because I'm just I I'm so interested. Um, 
I'm so interested in your debilitating no, pain. No, um, <laughs> but when you said it, what it feels like when it's coming on, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. want to know what that feels like as opposed to like when it's a full blown yes. attack. And then you also said that it can last from like 12 till 2. Is that like a full on attack but shorter? Or what? So basically for me, and this is me, I call them shadows. It's when I can feel it coming on. I have one right now as we're sitting here, but I'm fine. I'll, I'm sure I'll be fine. I'm fine. Though. <laughs> I'm Might totally die. fine, but I'm okay. <laughs> um, I can feel. It's like when you're sitting there, both of you right now, you can't feel your eyes. You can't feel your neck. It's just there. I can feel the vein, like the nerve inside that's basically like what i call a shadow is that i can tell that it's like active something's brewing yeah something's brewing and if i don't catch it it could become bad sometimes a shadow turns into nothing and it goes away but most of the time it turns into a full-blown attack which is 10 out of 10 can't even survive but a shadow is like i would say like a four out of 10 just really uncomfortable but but like you can manage your day kind of kind of but because i know that it's going to turn into attack i immediately just take my medication if i feel a shadow come on yeah if i wake up and i feel this way i take my pill in the morning just preemptively that's what my doctors told me to do do you feel like a little bit of like anxiety almost around it like when oh you start <laughs> yes <laughs> so much yes yeah yeah because it's like it's just no day can feel normal i can't just do work like normally people can so I have triggers that make it bad if I don't get enough sleep, if I get too much sleep, if I don't have caffeine, if I have too much caffeine, if I eat chocolate, if I'm around super high potency like um, perfumes, cigarette smoke 100%, uh, alcohol, I can't drink alcohol. I want to drink alcohol sometimes so bad. I just want to have a beer, damn it. You know, I just want to have a beer with dinner. (laughs) And I can't, I can't 100% of the time. Not even like 90%, 100% of the time if I drink a bit of alcohol. I'll either get a cluster attack right then or the next day for sure. So yeah, I we held out on the it. proposal weekend. I think it was the next day. Yeah. And the next day was rough, but the night before was fun. The, see, and the night of is usually I can have a great time and I just know tomorrow's going to suck real bad. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes I just risk it because I, I want to, I don't want to live my life like that. You yeah. know, <laughs> it sucks. Um, and sorry, the other thing that Alyssa, if you want to go yeah, back to that so, um, so the 12 to 2 thing you said, mm-hmm. um, it can be 12 to 2. Did you mean like you you take it and it's still bad? Or is that like even if you take your medication from for two hours, you still have like a 10 out of 10? No. So it, basically, if I wake up and I feel that shadow I talked about, I will be having an attack by 12 or 2. Okay. It's weird, but it's always by that time frame. If, it's, it. if I pass 2 p.m., like basically if I feel that head pain, I have to take my medicine. But if I don't, by two I will be in agony so sometimes I don't catch it and weirdly a couple of times in the last year I don't know what's happened it's been very bizarre for me because it's almost always 12 to 2 Mm -hmm. I just know those numbers but I got one at 9 p.m so I was not ready because I'm ready when it comes 12 to 2 I know that that time frame is going to be my cluster headache time if I get one but it came when I was in bed with my husband with no warning it just hit me like a freight train in my face and uh it was horrible horrifying he was just like beside him so he didn't know what to do because I never let it get to that point because I'm usually prepared right I was not prepared I didn't know where it came from or why it was weird um is there any reason that you then don't take your medication just every morning when you get up can Mm -hmm. you only take it so many times yes they give me nine a month 
Why? Because it's uh, tryptin, so it's not good for you. Okay. okay. <laughs> it, so what it does is it restricts your blood vessels, okay. which um, apparently, like with when, like say that you got a horrible, horrible migraine right now. From what I understand, and I could be completely wrong from the research I've done, that your blood vessels are expanded, causing the pressure in your head. So when you take a tryptin, like sumatriptan or imitrex, it makes your blood vessels smaller, therefore removing that pressure. So when I take it. I don't mind it. It doesn't make me feel bad or anything when I take it. It makes my chest feel tight, almost like I'm, I think it makes it a little hard to breathe, but that's a common side effect and uh, it makes me sleepy, but I don't care. I would yeah. rather have that. No but, kidding. So I try to take it as, like, I would take it every day if my doctors didn't tell me you shouldn't be taking it more than two days a week, maximum. Right. Because that's all the pills I get. So you really have to use them sparingly, unfortunately. Yeah. It's scary. Is sumatriptan, because I remember at one point you were telling me about a type of medication that you could take, but you tried not to take it often because it would kind of cause you to like have a little bit of like depression and stuff. That's sumatriptan. Yeah. So I don't know why that is and even if that's a normal thing, but I did have a period where I was having a cluster attack every single day for almost two weeks. And that is pretty rare for me. I'd say I get anywhere from two to four five a week generally but I was having them every single day without fail and they were like 10 out of 10 every day and so I took it for like nine days straight and man I don't know if it was just my spirit was crushed because of the the (laughs) pain or if it was actually the sumatriptan because it is a serotonin inhibitor something like that it it, it works in that way it does something with your serotonin and I felt because if you take too much of it I think you can get a thing called serotonin syndrome which is deadly but I didn't have that um, it does something to your serotonin because cluster headaches are directly related to serotonin. I don't know. It made me feel depressed as shit. I mean, I was, I was like, what is the point of life? But it eventually, so I quit taking it for a few days, even if I was in pain in it. I eventually felt better. Maybe my serotonin like filled back up or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a class. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. It's weird. It's... I just kind of wanted to ask you both because I know for me, um, I find it really frustrating when I go into a doctor with like whatever kind of issue and they're like, it's anxiety or like they're just, they, yeah. they just like give you some blanket statement or when I go in for like literally anything that's going wrong and they're like, we'll put you on antidepressants. And I'm like, I, I have back pain. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's, but do you guys find that because obviously both of you have probably been in and out of like a lot of doctor's offices. Mm-hmm. Do you find that even though this is chronic and you guys are dealing with it constantly do you find that doctors are still trying to discredit you and be like Alice is ready for this let me tell you all a little story about my back fracture okay (laughs) sorry Christy go ahead okay so let me clear all the phlegm out of my throat for my chronic sinusitis that has no reason or diagnoses um so I was, I honestly don't even remember how old I, I'm getting anxiety talking about this because I'm so angry. Um, I don't remember how old I was when I actually fractured my back. I think I was like seven or eight or nine or something like that. So I was like quite young and um, I fractured it on a trampoline and my mom took me into the doctor and she gave me like a Tylenol. Okay. Per, and and fair enough <laughs> probably all you needed so yeah so what had happened was I was on a trampoline I did a back handspring landed in a back bridge and somebody bounced on the trampoline oh. 
and it it's, always on, it's always on a trampoline oh. honestly oh. and yeah and the negative pressure or whatever that's called that might not be the right they double bounced thing. your back they did and it um it fractured my l5 vertebrae um oh. and i literally remember that pain <laughs> to every this day, day of my life <laughs> oh my it God. was like i can't even explain it it was the it felt like it felt like what a broken vertebrae would feel like it felt like i i didn't you know when you see those like videos of somebody who's broken their wrist and it's just like wobbling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can imagine what that pain would feel like, it felt like that, but in my back. Ooh, and, and back pain is the worst. Oh, man. And I was so young. So anyway, I go home and I'm talking to my mom. She's cleaning out. We had like pet mice. And she was clean. I remember this so vividly she was cleaning out the mice cages and she was angry at me because I wasn't cleaning out the mice cages and I was like mom my back really hurts and she was like okay like just go lay like just go lay down like she was a single mom like my poor mother and um (laughs) so I laid on the couch and I was just like I couldn't even move like I couldn't flip from side to side um my friend wanted to come over for dinner I was trying to sit at the table just to like like eat dinner and I couldn't sit and I was in so much pain and so my mom was like okay like let's take you to the doctor like it's not getting better and she ended up giving me like basically a Tylenol and sent me on my way (laughs) and um kind of I kept going to dance because I was like a really active kid and so I kept going to dance and stuff like that and it was like still just hurting so bad um it would be worse some days and better other days like I I remember trying to swim in my grandpa's pool one time and I literally couldn't because it was just like it was like the worst pain and I people would like discredit me because I'm a kid like, mm-hmm. I can't remember how old I was. I was seven, eight, or nine. And, um, you know, people are like, you know, grow up, basically. And um, so eventually my mom was like, okay, like, let's take you to a physiotherapist because it's ridiculous. So I go to the physiotherapist and they're like, oh, your muscles are falling off your bones on your back. Oh, my God. Okay. Not once did they send me for an x-ray. Let me just tell you this. So they're saying this. So then I keep going into these physiotherapists for... Um, like literally all they fucking I'm so mad. All they did was they would like put heat and then they would put ice and then they would tell oh. me to stretch. Okay? The same crap you do at home. Literally. You've been doing. And my single fucking I'm so angry. My mom is like paying like 80, 90 dollars for me to go to this like physiotherapist. I'm sorry to the physiotherapist out there, but let me tell you. I'm also sorry to the Americans out there that are listening to that being like, oh like I, 90 I wish. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Do you mean nine hundred? <laughs> yeah. That is true. I am I yeah, my free That's healthcare is is a is it is a blessing yeah. forgive you. um thanks um we'll adopt you christy it's not too late <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway um things move on i end up quitting dance um is it related because i was had a broken back probably and i get into high school and then um throughout this I, I have like ear problems as well and i would keep going into the walk-in clinic and being like they'd be like how else are you feeling like other than your ears i'm like oh my back really hurts but like it's fine like it always hurts and they like i remember distinctly this one doctor being like that's not normal like you i'm gonna give you an x-ray like i'm gonna hand you this x-ray form and i literally put it in the recycling because i was like i was like no like we've already dealt with this like my muscles fall off my back or my shoulder drops or whatever my muscles muscles, yeah Yeah. (laughs) they're just just completely loose and floppy on my back like Like everyone else (laughs) (laughs) i'm just a normal girl (laughs) but they came up with all of these like crazy things that hadn't they that they hadn't diagnosed in any other way than just like basically coming up with this shit Anyway, so then when I was 15, um, I was in grade 10 and I had gone up to um, a ski mountain and I was like snowboarding and I fell weird and I refractured that part of my back. Oh my God. And this time 
I was old enough and I realized I got up and I was like, this is the exact same pain that I felt because it had healed right over the years, you know, 10 years or whatever, give or take. And um, so the pain was still there. It was still chronic you know, pain, mm-hmm. but this was like, it was like that same day when I was seven, eight or nine and I just gotten off of that trampoline. And so I came home and I told my mom and I was like, <laughs> like something is wrong. And so they sent me for an x-ray and they were like, Lisa, get the Tylenol out. <laughs> it's happening again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then my poor mom, she just like wells up with tears every time we talk about it. Cause she's like, she just, you know, like the, oh, the, the system guilt failed me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I went for an x-ray. They were like, something's wrong. Went for a bone scan. Something's wrong. (laughs) Went for an MRI, which is when we figured out that all those years back, I had actually fractured my L5 vertebrae. So it took that long for them even to like take me serious. And we had to pay for that MRI. I know I'm so sorry, but like, (laughs) oh, you had to pay, huh? (laughs) Well, Well, (laughs) la-dee-da. But like in Canada. You ain't special. (laughs) But that was the thing is like, in I mean, I've had, uh, <laughs> I'm going to sound like such a Canadian I've asshole. had total surgeries on my entire body. It was zero dollars. <laughs> but I have. I've now had, I think, three MRIs. Cancer. And <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah, like my my dad did get all of his cancer treatments for free um, because you know Canada. What? Can you guys help out America a little bit? <laughs> Shit. Anyway, so yeah, but I, I still had to advocate for myself to get that MRI. Well, my mom advocated for me, but mm. um, but it's just like, yeah, it is frustrating because you know that my the reason I had to have so many MRIs was because they were worried that it was slipping after all those years and had it slipped I would be paralyzed right now because it can slip into your in your spinal cord and it was slipping but thank goodness it fused at some certain spot like calcified and um didn't sever my spinal cord and I think that's the so the frustrating part now I I don't mean to dog at all on anyone in the medical community I understand I can't even imagine what it's like Mm. I have worked in it a bit myself but not not a ton um but the sad fact is you have to be your own advocate yeah. and you have to really push for shit if i hadn't said uh-uh i need i need help this can't be my life anymore yeah. but you know at the end of the day i've received treatment i see specialists and i see a neurologist and everything and i feel like am i happy with where we're at absolutely not mm-hmm. no i really want to find an answer but yeah um i also don't want to constantly be searching for an answer that i'm may not find so yeah yeah. well and I know that's kind of like your (laughs) reality Alyssa because not to speak on it on your behalf but like Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of the things that you deal with day to day it's like you go into the doctor and they never have an answer and they're always like you're fine you're fine you're fine and you're like but I'm not Mm -hmm. and and I can see how frustrating that is for you because obviously now Alyssa and I live together and I see how frustrating it is because you're constantly in and out of the doctors and they're constantly sending you to the next place and sending you the next place and everything comes back fine and whatever and it's just like but I'm not fine yeah yeah and that's the thing is when this um chronic sinusitis and uh now what I am apparently I have chronic tonsillitis don't know um uh when it came on it was like the same thing it's like well I wasn't born with this I haven't had this forever it came on one day and it never went away and I've literally it like I have the flu like 24 hours a day Mm. like for two almost three years now and so it's like when I'm talking to these doctors I'm like imagine having to cough like every 30 seconds and clear your throat and like spit up all this mucus and like um you know just feeling so like tired and like having to get 10 hours of of sleep like imagine having the flu 24 hours a day and I'm like so don't like you know what I mean like it's so hard when they're like oh we don't know what's wrong and um yeah because it's like that's not an answer like I need you may not know what's wrong but send me to someone who does yeah sometimes they're 
is no answer. And yeah. that's when it's <laughs> that's even worse. really frustrating because like mine, they're, I'm doing the answer. What? This is the answer? Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. all the best we can do here. And it is. I mean, I take a medication every day, Verapamil, that's supposed to stop them. It's supposed to like reduce the amount of them. It doesn't do anything. I don't even know why I take it. I just take it now because I'm afraid not to take it, I yeah. think. But it doesn't, it, I get the same amount. But yeah, it is frustrating when sometimes there is no great answer because, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're all just human and sometimes the testing is just... Oh, yeah, it's just not, yeah. Well, and and a lot of the times, like, that was something that, um, like, when my brother had his accident, and the main thing was, like, his brain injury, and every doctor was like, we don't know. We have no idea. Like, we we don't know anything about brains. Like, we can tell you what we think might happen, but we truly have no idea what's actually going to happen. And so we had some doctors telling us that he was going to never speak again, never walk again, like basically just be in a vegetative state for the rest of his life. We had other doctors being like, yeah, you'll probably be fine. And then like everything in between because they don't know. Like they're they're just taking their best guess a lot of the time. Yeah, they're human beings that have just done the same studying that, you know, that they can. And the brain is the hardest thing in the body, which is what I deal with because mine's a brain thing. They're like, we don't really know how it started or why it started and it'll probably be there forever or why not? And like you said, like, you know, with these with these things that are rare or maybe they just don't know enough about it. Well, they're not doing testing on it. They're not they're not learning enough about it. So that is where I understand when a lot of people do take their health into their own hands. And I know that a lot of people think that that's like so kooky, but Mm -hmm. it's just like when you've been constantly turned away, constantly told you're fine constantly just sort of like written off i understand why people eventually just turn to literally trying fucking anything that's me that's where i'm at right now (laughs) i will do i don't give a shit what it is i'll kill a man i will i will (laughs) well i won't i I don't want to take the drugs that are going to permanently alter me if ones that could make me like feel suicidal and things like that because a lot of the side effects of these are like real personality changes and i'd rather be in pain than not be me anymore Mm -hmm. and that's weird but i don't want to there's very few things I want to compromise, and I don't want to compromise the person that I am. I just think that it's just pain at the end of the day. Like, I mean, for me, I just would deal with it. But have either of you kind of turned to or like considered like more unconventional treatments? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I so I've been holding off on it for a really long time because the things that are the unconventional treatments. I mean, I've tried like the the easy ones like red bull um <laughs> that's a treatment and it worked really well for 19 days wow i drank like 100 red bulls in 19 days Ooh. i kind of uh, overdid it i think would you say <laughs> my liver is compromised but my headaches were great i feel like your cardiovascular health would go yeah. first i didn't even care man i i remember i drank my first red bull because i was on like these forums for uh cluster headache support groups and they were like try energy drinks and i was like what it worked really well but then they all warned me it will stop working and lo and behold it absolutely stopped but i tried that i tried the vitamin d3 regimen which is like you take ten thousand ius of vitamin d daily magnesium vitamin k2 you take this whole supplement regimen and uh i thought it was working but i think a lot of it you almost like tell yourself it's working and it's placebo Placebo. effect because eventually it just didn't seem to actually make a difference for me it does make a difference for some people so i'm not saying it doesn't um 
I tried oxygen therapy, which is uh, something that a lot of people <laughs> You're do. You were going to say oxies. I tried oxies. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would, but they don't work. Um, uh, oxygen, you'd breathe 100% oxygen through a non-rebreather mask, which is like no oxygen goes out and you're breathing 100%. You're like hyperventilating on it. Oxygen works for a lot of people to completely stop them so you don't have to take medication. So instead of taking like the medication to stop them, breathing 100% pure oxygen helps. But is that more so for the people that have the other type? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because <laughs> it seems like that's like, it seems like there's ways from what I gather to combat that one, but with yours, no. Yes. So okay. like even a new medication came out yesterday oh. and I got it sent to me like 50 times. People were sending it to me left and right because it's called, it's like this new medication and it's for cluster headaches. It's an injection that you go get at the doctor's. I was so stoked when I saw it because the title is like, new medication just approved by the fda for cluster headaches i click on the link and it says for episodic cluster headaches chronic sufferers will be left disappointed i was like oh, no, no. <laughs> dang it you're like so, time and time again uh-huh it's so frustrating because they, they just don't know for chronic sufferers it's so weird so there are some non like non-conventional treatments they're really like you know i would say in the world of people thinking things are bad they're on the (laughs) list so mushrooms psychedelic mushrooms lsd or acid dmt oh really so what's weird about them is party drugs (laughs) (laughs) let's cure these cluster headaches (laughs) um so i am not psyched on it (laughs) yeah um i don't want to but and i'm not saying that i will because um, these are all illegal, so definitely not. Um, <coughs> if you're listening, feds. Yeah. Um, feds. <laughs> but uh, they've shown remarkable success in a lot of people. A lot of people really? have wow. cured cl- cluster headaches with psilocybin and mushrooms and LSD specifically. And DMT is a huge one. It's so weird. It's whatever they do, they rewire some chemicals in the brain. And so you're oh, not goodness. considering it? I 100% would consider it (laughs) (laughs) but i don't want to do it if that's the problem is like that what i was reading i read a whole thread about it the other day online because it's not it's unconventional the problem is that people are desperate like me we're just desperate and we don't want to get high yeah you know what i mean so it's one of those things and it's you know illegal so at the end of the day super not doing it podcast people i'm not would never I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Wouldn't even consider. I don't even know what you're talking. Frankly, I don't even know what you're talking about. Saying yeah. I don't know why you brought it up. But yeah. What about one. for you, Alyssa? Like, is there anything that's like more unconventional that you've tried to like ease your ailments? Um, I did. This is not going to sound unconventional to people, but it does to me because I went to university. Um, I'm just kidding. I actually went to college. That I didn't make it into university, but um, I tried chiropractics, mm-hmm. and um, personally, I don't believe in chiropractors um just from what i did learn in psychology and stuff like that i i personally don't believe that it does anything i'm so sorry um however i did try it i like that you apologize directly to christy as i've if never she been is a chiropractor. No. i am i'm so sorry christy. <laughs> no i know that that's your passion i'm so sorry i was looking at christy because like i know that like i i was thinking how like christy thinks is like you don't want to offend anybody out there who like is a chiropractor or believes in chiropractic well, some people are super like it has saved me, you know? Well, and, and that's yeah. the thing. If it works for you, then that's awesome. But from 
I mean, just watch Penn and Teller. That's all I'm saying. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so I did try chiropractics and um, it unfortunately did not work for me. But what did what, what was interesting is that I could pinpoint exactly where my like actual pain was just from the way that he was like he had to put me in these positions to like crack my bones or whatever. Um, and when he before he'd cracked anything, he put me in this one position where like it stretched a certain spot of my back and I'm like oh my god that's where it is and I had never been able to feel that one before because it was a um it's a lipoma that I Mm. believe is on resting on a nerve but when we got the MRI they're like no it's not and I'm like okay well then why does it hurt but anyway um and so he was I think what was happening was he was stretching it away from the nerve and I'm like this is so interesting Mm. um but so I I, so I tried chiro uh what how do you say that chiropractics um and then I actually did try um CBD oil and CBD like a, a stick, mm. I guess, because um, one of Sam's friends actually said that it was like it helped her pain. And so I tried. Um, <laughs> sorry, Kuma's on the bed and she's being so cute. Um, so I tried the stick and unfortunately it didn't do anything for me that I felt, um, except that my cat really liked the flavor of it. So he was like <laughs> constantly licking me. Um, don't know if lemongrass is good for any animals, but he's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but I did. What was interesting with the CBD pills, I didn't find that they helped my chronic pain, unfortunately, but they did help my anxiety. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. notice the CBD helping my pain at all either. A lot yeah. of people ask, like, that's the first thing. Have you tried CBD? And yeah. I'm like, yes. And it, I didn't notice anything yeah. different. But I do feel um, good when I take it. Yeah, I tried CBD for my, because like when I was, um, I was really not wanting to go on antidepressants. Um, And I was like, just kind of like at the end of my rope, I was really, really struggling. And I was like, oh, fuck it. Like, I'm so not like into like any kind of drug, basically. Um, And like, not that CBD is like, whatever. But anyways, I just was like, not interested in it. Um, But I was just like, whatever, I'm gonna fucking try it. And it was the same person actually that was like, maybe you should try CBD um, that recommended it to you. But um, I tried CBD, vape pen, didn't do anything. Tinctures, didn't do anything. Like literally nothing at all. And then um, I ended up going in and they were like, oh yeah, like for depression, like we usually recommend you do like a one-to-one CBD THC. Yes, yeah. And I was like, fuck it. That sounds kind of... <laughs> you tried it? Yeah, I tried it and I literally nothing happened. Really? I fucking smoked that vape pen every <laughs> night. Like I was fucking puffing. She was trying to get away. Dude, dude, like honestly, like I would be fucking sipping on gin and chills. Like I would puff on that thing. Like I don't even know how many times I would do it. Like I would take like three puffs, and then I'd wait five minutes. I'd take three more puffs. I'd wait five minutes. I'd take three more puffs. I'd wait five, and I'd do it for like an hour, and nothing happened to me. And I did that for like a full month. And that's a one-to-one, so that's got THC in it, correct? And, like, nothing? Nothing. W- would it have been better in, like, a liquid form and not in, like, a, a puffin? I don't know. Like, I'm not sure if maybe, like, it was just that, like, the concentrates weren't... Do- but it seems odd because I had given it to someone else to try because I was like, is this just effective? Because they did say that that happens sometimes. They were like, if it's defective, bring it back. And I was like, maybe it's defective. And then like I had given it to someone else to try and they were like fucking high. <laughs> That's a kind. Oh yeah. I mean, for me, I would have been like, oh bitch. <laughs> oh, I would have been having some paranoid. <laughs> oh, same. I'd be like, I don't know where I am. It was weird. It was weird. Like I had people like watching me because like I hadn't smoked before. So I was like, am I doing this right? I had people watching me being like, what the fuck is 
is going on? Like, like Sam watching me to make sure I was like inhaling right. I was watching videos. I was like Googling like. <laughs> watching video. <laughs> Tutorial on how to smoke. Dude, honestly. And I was like Googling like how to know if high, like, like, like what, what happens if I'm not getting high? Am I not getting high? Like, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? I was like trying to like learn how to smoke weed. Yeah, honestly, dude, like, as a 24 year old woman, it was the lowest moment of my life, frankly. And like, it was just, it's, it's odd. Like it literally did nothing to my body, no. but that's how I feel about a lot of um, things in general is that like, it takes so much more like, it's the same reason, like, like earlier I was like, I have a headache. And you were like, do you want an Advil? And I was like, no. Because I I rarely take them unless it's, like, so severe because it does nothing. Really? And even, like, um, like sleeping pills and stuff like that. Like, the first time I went to... Um, London. London, yeah. Um, someone had said to me, like, well, you should take sleeping pills so that you can sleep throughout the flight. And I was like, oh, this is going to be perfect because it was, like, an overnight flight. And then I was yeah. going to get in at 11 a.m. And I took two sleeping pills and nothing happened. And then I took four... And then nothing happened, and I took six total. What? And I did not sleep even, like, ten minutes on that flight. Can I just say, don't do that. <laughs> no, yeah, please don't do Like, no, you can totally. you can don't overdose on that. sleeping pills very easily, and um, Sam is the outlier. She is a freak of <laughs> Okay? <laughs> like, that you need to take half of one. Like, I, I take half of a sleeping pill if I need to, and I'm freaking, that's it for me. For yeah, me. I feel like I'm oh, the like opposite of you. I oh, like, you're so I'm a lightweight. I mean, I'm talking like, get me in the same room as somebody smoking <laughs> weed, and I'm like stoned out of my mind. I'm like, what's happening? Where am I? I don't know what's happening. I, I don't know what's. I'm very sensitive to everything. And it's odd because you'd think that because I so rarely am taking substances yeah. in my body that and it I'm would so commonly fucking hit me like a brick. every day. I'm taking so- something, you know. I don't know why, man. Yeah. I I literally <laughs> this is like says ridiculous but like i literally feel like my mind overcomes any substance like, i wonder <laughs> if you are too sharp like you're too i don't know man i can't know. penetrate this yeah because <laughs> even alcohol like it's surprising how much you can drink it when you decide to drink when you don't drink yeah i've you never seen I mean? you impaired in any way and even with a few drinks in you you just don't look impaired. oh god okay i will say I don't know if, like, I just was, like, keeping a good face or, like, maybe you were just, like, sh- absolutely shit-faced because I was fucking hammered that night. Were you drunk? Oh, my God, Chrissy. I was sitting on the freaking, like, I was sitting on the toilet and my head was, like, bobbing and I was, like, oh. You <laughs> hold your shit together then because I was, like, she's sober. Or I was absolutely <laughs> drunk. I don't know. I didn't feel that drunk. I was just having a great time. I don't even know where I was. <laughs> I'm so glad that I missed it. Oh, oh I'm, I'm going to be so- I'm going to be so upset that I was not at that weekend for the rest of my this life. This was, uh, it was had, terrible. We had an awful time. We, <laughs> <laughs> this was, um, like last year when Matt proposed to me, we all went to this like lake house. Like, um, we a, all, a, yeah, a, except for <laughs> Sorry, me. Alyssa. Um, but Matt didn't really know Alyssa at that time. And like Alyssa wasn't living out here. So he just didn't invite her to the proposal weekend. And she is going to be bitter about it forever. But I can just say <laughs> he didn't know me either. Wow, 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 wow. The truth comes I out. felt very confused of why I was invited. And I was like, I'm happy to be here, but I don't know why you invited me, but I Listen, will come. I'm moving out. How move out. dare you? Quite frankly. We would have loved to have you there. Thanks. I'm just kidding. You were there in spirit. Yeah. 
You no. were there on that paddle. I'm, I think that it, like, I'm fine with it because I now live in your house and spend, like, 24 hours Because a day I with now you. live in your house, yes. yes. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> thing that has cured this. And I'm just, yeah. I'm just waiting to ask you to reenact. This is my chronic pain, quite yeah. frankly. <laughs> <laughs> it all started that evening. Yeah. So getting back to that, you had said that you were trying CBD. Yes. Yeah. And how was that working for you? So, <laughs> it's not working for you. That was a really, really good segue. <laughs> that was a good that segue. That was, like, really good. Thanks. I'm a um, professional. You really are. Um, yeah, so I didn't find, like I said, that it was helping my, like, chronic pain at all. But I did find that it was helping my anxiety. The first time that I took it, it uh, you're supposed to take it at night if you don't know how it affects you. And so I did. And the next day I had a meeting that should have caused me, like, for my anxiety, like, like I wouldn't even be able to speak. And I went in there and I was like, oh my God, you have a dog. Oh my goodness. Wow. Oh, do you want to go for it? No, it's fine. I'll go first. And I was like, literally like being like ridiculous, Alyssa. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is what living is like. Oh, see, I wish it. I feel like I'm creating it helping me in my mind. Mm. I'm like, I am so not anxious to like, is it really? Or am I just thinking it's yeah kind of but helping, even it, i mean the mind is powerful it's so yeah. damn powerful most of the time that i have a panic attack or something like that i created it because i thought something was happening that actually wasn't you know yeah. what i mean like it, i just like hype the scenario up in my mind but yeah that's the thing know. with placebo effects is it like i think that's fine like yeah. i you know what i mean like yeah. if something is a placebo but it's still working for you i'm like who cares yeah. you still you're still feeling relief right placebo is mm-hmm. a very real thing too oh yeah yeah it's like incredible yeah so is there anything for you Alyssa, that you feel like actually like helps like with your back and stuff or like with you sinusitis do you feel like there's anything that like alleviates it because i know for you it's like 24 7 basically yeah so my back actually was like the worst when I was still working at Cactus Club which is a restaurant um we had to wear heels back in the day and now they passed a law that you you can't like legally make them yeah um and so but even still like I still wore heels because I was like so used to it right like it made me feel confident at that point like in serving and bartending um and that was like the worst thing for my back being hunched over the well which is like where bartenders make drinks uh by the end of my shift like i wasn't even even able to like walk like i would be like limping home and have to like take so many advil and like lay on the couch and stuff so honestly quitting my job Mm -hmm. (laughs) was like the biggest thing for me um and then i did notice like a couple years back when my back hadn't progressed because i do have like a lot of things wrong with my back i literally just went back into all of my like like um uh mris and stuff like that And so I have things like degenerative disc disease, which does like degenerate over time and um, uh, just like all these other freaking like like big notes and osteoarthritis and stuff like that. So um, uh, where was I going with that? I always lose my train of thought. Um, You were saying that got better uh, when you quit. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah. So it was getting worse. So I wasn't able to like really work any mm. like anymore um but yeah sorry so like three years ago when it wasn't as bad um yoga actually was helping me as well because i was stretching those muscles and stuff like that so that that kind of helped um but now basically just like advil is there <laughs> yeah. no kind of surgery that you can get yeah so when i went and had my last mri the doctor my back specialist basically was like mm, you're gonna be in rough shape um and he said that I, eventually i will have to get back surgery I can't remember what kind because I kind of like black those things out because I think my mind takes over and is like, I don't want to deal with this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can't remember what he said. And I wasn't able to like pull those records for this podcast. But um, I do know that he said that he wants to wait as long as possible, like basically until I'm like not able to walk. Oh, 
Yeah, just because there are so many risks associated Spine, with yeah. with like back surgery. And so the chances of me being worse off is like more than he's willing to do on like mm-hmm. a 20 at the time I was 23. And is it just because it's like so invasive? I honestly, I don't know enough about it, but mm. I think it's just because like the spine and the spinal cord and like sh- there's just so much like room for error yeah. there or like nerve damage or whatever. Like, Well, and if something happens with your spine, you can go paralyzed. Yeah, you know? exactly. And so I th- I'm, I'm assuming what they would do is put a rod in my spine because that's the one I always hear about um, because I have uh, spondylolysis and spondylolisthesis or something and then sh- <laughs> Sherman's disease. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I I really do have these things. I just like know nothing about them. Um, <laughs> which is like these are so funny. Yeah. I don't even these <laughs> which words. I should know. But um like all of those things have to do with like um uh well and Schmorl's nose, which is like connective tissue and shit like that. Like I think that they would have to do like so many things in there. And scler- the sclerosis was in those um those documents that I had as well and I was like I don't even know what these things are like I was diagnosed with this shit when I was so young that I actually I don't have any knowledge about like what Mm. is happening in my spine like honestly Mm -hmm. um so yeah I really I have no idea what they would do to it but I mean that's scary um but for my uh chronic sinusitis and stuff the only thing that I felt like helped um decongestants actually do help because they shrink the blood vessels in your nose um and or in your sinuses or something like that and so um i feel like it just like creates more of a passageway and it it like clears like, shit up dries you up and um and my nasal spray does help because it's a steroid again shrinks it up i'm pretty sure and then the other thing is hot yoga mm. i think just because it like really gets things like running not to be that bitch <laughs> But, like, I do, like, because I, I, for for literal years, I've been hearing people say that, like, yoga changed my life. And I was always like, ugh. Oh, yeah, she did that oh to me because yoga did change my life. But fucking yoga changed my life. <laughs> okay, oh I've been my- doing a little bit of yoga lately and it's, it's first of all, it's fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have, when I say zero fucking range of movement, I am so weak in every way. And it's, <laughs> it's like some of these movements, I'm kind of too fat and it's hard to breathe. And I'm like, you know what? I need to do yoga more. Zach's been doing it with me too, and it's kind of nice. Have it's you guys really been doing hot. hot yoga? Not hot, I, just regular. Okay, I feel like hot yoga makes all the difference because yeah. I was, I was like, ooh, I don't know that I'd want to do hot yoga. Like, I thought that would be like way too much for me to handle. But like, hot yoga really does. Like, it makes you so much more limber, so much yeah. easier to stretch. Like, and you really do feel like so rejuvenated afterwards. Like, I just, I, I, again, I'm so not that bitch. Mm-hmm. Well, you're kind but of I'm that, that bitch. bitch. Yeah, I'm that <laughs> like I am. Like I like I honestly just feel embrace like, being that bitch. <laughs> yeah, like it makes my body feel good. I sleep better. I have more energy. I'm more positive. Like it it makes my like com- it completely turns my mood around. Like my stress, my ability to deal with stress, like everything. Like I cannot believe. <laughs> Yoga changed my life. <laughs> Man, I have this one yoga teacher that I will never forget in my entire life. Oh, my God. I love him so much. Um, and he he did change my life like three years ago. And then we had a class with him just the other day. And he said something like, um, when you have gratitude, what you have becomes enough. And I was just like, oh, I like oh. that. Matthews. Dude, the <laughs> shit people say to me in fitness classes always makes me cry. Yeah. I can't, I cannot handle it. Like anytime they're like, just take a moment to like be grateful for our bodies and like everything they do for us. I'm like, <laughs> I am so, so grateful. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know what i think it's actually really important and it's something that not a lot of us do is take that like this is gonna sound so hippie but like take that time (laughs) to just have a gentle smile and appreciation for the moment yeah i know it sounds so lame but i meditate and shit's powerful man I, really wish, I wish I could get I've tried so many times to you get tried to guided meditation, meditation? Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah and I, I really struggle to like turn my mind off oh. enough to do it apparently it's just like exercise and it takes time yeah I, I should probably try to like get back into it but speaking on gratitude I was talking to my therapist about this today and she actually said that she was like gratitude is like such a powerful tool mm. um and she's probably right <laughs> probably this bitch doesn't know much but she's probably right and maybe i'll give it a try i don't know what to say yeah it is i feel like it is and i feel like just stopping and having those moments of like being thankful for shit i i think sometimes it's lacking in a lot of us but yeah i cry sometimes because i'm so thankful to be alive I usually when i'm like like driving in somewhere like like into like Kelowna or like back into Vancouver or something and like the sun setting I'd like literally will start crying because I'm just this, so see, thankful this is why I'm into fucking plants bro because when I look at a plant it makes me thankful to be alive like Dude. I see the potential in growing like how I've grown these little babies from seeds and it was nothing and my care and nurturing made it a thing that will then feed me back it, we like give to each other man i know this sounds hippie as hell <laughs> we could have a whole hippie as hell podcast because i'm telling you what dude nothing calms it. me like nature oh me too that's why yeah. i want to move into the middle of nowhere like i just i love going on walks and being like mm, and like same. breathing it in and oh. hearing nothing you just stop and it's just birds this mm. is like oh like, like serenity serenity oh, and yeah. see this is what i'm talking about that's why i, I i'm ready dude i'm ready for the commune i'm ready for a commune i'm actually gonna do it bro we were actually talking i don't know that this is the same thing but sam and i were talking about doing a yoga retreat i'm just saying that would that not be fun i'm not very flexible but it sounds good right going out into nature taking we nature don't eat you flicks okay boom. you know what you i was just how to meditate oh, i was on a hike the other day and these girls were at the top of the mountain doing yoga oh, and yes. i was like that i want that to be me <laughs> same be dude me. oh they were breathing in that deep fresh crispy let's, air let's become those yoga bitches to the fullest okay just make everyone hate us this Namaste. really took a turn yes <laughs> we really derailed this conversation you know what? i'm sorry to our listeners all of this helps chronic pain i think it, i think it in does. my laughter is the as the have you tried laughter oh my could you imagine <laughs> if i just started laughing and it's like oh my god my headache's gone <laughs> sam do you have any more questions for mine or christy's chronic pain is there anything that you want to touch on um i just I just live with like this chronic pain, I guess. Like there's just there and there's so many of us out there who do deal with like chronic illness, chronic, you know, pain, chronic whatever. And um I think that it takes a lot of strength to even just get up in the morning. Like there are some mornings where I literally wake up so stuffed I know again, it probably sounds like I'm complaining, but um like I, I wake up so stuffed up and it's like after like 700 800 plus days of doing this i literally just think i'm like i can't live like this like i cannot have the flu for like one more freaking day and to be able to get up and like go about your day and like not you know focus on it and and like be grateful for the things that you do have but also yeah yeah people understanding that yeah yeah do you find that like because a lot of, like, I'm just trying to relate this to my very limited experiences with being sick strep throat. Um, <laughs> usually for me, like, when I'm, like, sick with, like, whatever, 
it's like really bad in the morning, really bad at night. Do you feel like it's kind of similar for you where like you have like during the day your symptoms are a little bit alleviated and it's worse at a specific time? Yeah, so it's the worst uh, right when I wake up and it's the worst right when I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so sometimes I'll have really bad nights where I literally cannot stop producing mucus in like my sinuses and it dripping down the back of my throat so I have to constantly cough up this mucus and it's yeah it's disgusting um but also frustrating because I'm like I'm trying to go to sleep but then there's like like right now there's like an entire mucus ball right here and I'm just like Mm. trying to like have it not be a thing yeah yeah and it's it's also like kind of embarrassing because people think that they can like catch what I have but it's not contagious yeah it's just like my tonsils are diseased so the bacteria is like it's, it's except for one day you actually were sick with something other than oh yeah and then, <laughs> and then I did catch it so. you did catch it yeah but I can so tell, still feel bad it's I can, a trap <laughs> yeah I can tell when I have like a cold versus like just what's yeah. happening to me but um just a little side story I was in the passport office last year and I I just like for you, those of you who don't know me in real life I literally do like I, I'm so gross I have to like suck my snot cough like clear my throat like constantly like it's like a constant thing and so when I'm in like these like quiet spaces like it's pretty audible if I'm the only one doing this and I had a woman sitting next to me and I think she only sat there for like three minutes and she literally like got up in a huff and looked at me and was like sick and then oh my god walked away from me sat down and then continued to be like disgusting gross and I'm just like I'm so sorry (laughs) excuse I have chronic sinusitis and smorgasbord's disease (laughs) <laughs> and how dare you and I have several things that I cannot pronounce happening with my spine as well <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and all, yeah and also I'm tired today. <laughs> I'm just tired I um, would have said some shit yeah can we I want to talk about your strep throat experience actually oh when was it I'm so glad to be able to take the floor on this debilitating um <laughs> illness when was it you asked yes don't tell me you were seven. It's 1994. <laughs> um, you were one. <laughs> I, it was. It was in twelfth grade. It's a hard year. Wow. Did it last a full year? No, it lasted seven days. Oh, that is quite that, long. That's though. a long week. Did you go and get antibiotics for it? Yeah, it was actually a really bad case of strep throat. I don't know how I got it, and it was bad, and my, my it really hurt. <laughs> So. <laughs> your face. I wish that they could see your face. It really hurt. I, I you know what? I actually, um, this sounds like I'm trying to trump your strep throat, but I'm not. But I do. I agree. <laughs> Don't shake your head at me. I agree. This Christy, I need to get this. How dare you minimize? I'm not. I'm agreeing with you. I, I agree that strep throat is actually can't. Horrifying. <laughs> it is. And I've had to go to the hospital twice because of strep throat. Same, dude. Mine were so bad that they were touching. My tonsils were. My breath was stinky. I couldn't <laughs> swallow. <laughs> dude, I could not fucking swallow. It was oh, I so it's painful. It's like needles. Yeah. And like, honestly, every time I get like a little bit of like a scratch in my throat, I'm like, no. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I like will myself to like not have strep throat. Yeah. Like, I can't take another time. <laughs> I know you guys are talking about waking up every day with sickness, but I can't go through strep throat once more. I can't do this ever again. It was the worst seven days. I guess all I can say is that while I deal with it every day, yes, it sucks. I try not to let it overtake my entire life. I try to just live every day, like, just seeing what it's going to be like. And I think the lucky part for me is that I have YouTube as a job. 
because if I didn't do this, when I had a conventional job, having cluster headaches was horrific. Yeah. Because you either just have to go or you're calling in all the time and then yeah. you're that bitch. And so it, as soon as I was able to make YouTube my full-time thing, it was so freeing because I don't have to upload if I don't feel good. I don't have to work if I don't feel good. Well, and you can make up where you need to when you do feel good. Yes. Like all and the days I do, I, I <clears throat> pre-film the shit out of videos because yeah. I know I might have a couple of bad days this week. So I try, but, you know, I'm not that consistent and I try to let people know, like, I try for every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but shit happens, you know? Some weeks I am down for the count. Some weeks I'm wonderful. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree because, like, that is something that, like, I'm always – because, like, I ebb and flow with, like, my job and, like, how fulfilling it is and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I'm eternally grateful for the fact that if I need downtime, I can take it. Yes. If I'm burnt out, I can relax. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can do what I need to do for myself. And, like, it honestly it, – it makes me so – devastated thinking about how many people like 99% of the population they do not have a choice yes no matter what they're going through be it chronic pain be it mental illness be it pregnancy be it like literally anything they do they are not allotted the time to care for themselves yes and it's just so wrong and you can't even (laughs) afford it if you want to and Mm -hmm. and you're made to feel very guilty if you take a lot of sick days oh absolutely and and a lot of times you'll lose your job i mean i got very very close at many jobs to them you know bringing me into the office like hey like you can't and i i I try to explain to them but again it's an invisible illness yeah even when you're on your worst day you look exactly the same as when you're on your best day so there is no way for anyone to know they just have to take your word for it and i've had people really questioned me through my entire illness. I've had people on um, forums say that they think I have Munchausen's disease, which is like people who think they're sick and fake sicknesses for sympathy. And that's really hurtful because... That's so invalidating for your, like... I fucking wish it was Munchausen's. Like, I wish that I had something like that. I I would never want this life. I want to be one of those people that wakes up and just feels good every day and can, like, eat granola and not get sick. Well, and I I do think that, like, again, like, as much as you... With both of you, with anyone that deals with any kind of chronic pain, as much as you can explain it and explain it and explain it, no one will ever understand. And it's like, I'm, I'm like, sure that everyone can resonate with this. When you're sick and you're like, when I'm not sick, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just going to not take it for granted at all. I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to feel so good and I like never want to be sick. Like you just feel like, oh, I just can't yes. wait to not be sick. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that day after day after day, I imagine for you guys. And like... You, like you just can't explain no one can will understand fully so it's like even if you can be like empathetic to an extent at some point I feel like most people are like Ugh. but yeah. you deal with it every day like don't yeah. aren't you aren't you used to it almost like I feel like that's how a lot of people look at chronic illness yeah it's so weird because you'd think I'm used to feeling like shit all the time so when I do feel good that's the weird day and I'm like oh my god Mm -hmm. I literally say sometimes like this is how people feel every day it is weird to feel good and so when I have a really good day oh man I am walking on damn sunshine I am like the happiest person but it's also equally as devastating when the next day you feel like shit and you're like come on because I didn't do anything different I didn't eat anything different yesterday I didn't 
I went to bed at the same time. Like, why today? And yeah. that's what's so frustrating about it is you try to find the answer. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. There is no rhyme or reason. And, and yeah. my entire life is trying to find a rhyme and reason. Okay, well, I ate bread yesterday, so it's got to be the bread. So I'm going to cut out bread. And I'm going to, okay, but why did I get another cluster headache today? Because I didn't eat bread yesterday. And then you're doing that. And then you cut another food group out. And then you try really adding it back in. And hey, I didn't have a cluster headache today. Maybe bread actually cures cluster headaches. So I'm going <laughs> to yeah. eat ultra bread. Oh, maybe it has nothing to do with any of that. And you just have a brain condition. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's really rough that you're always reaching for some kind of answer and, and never getting it. I'm never I haven't yet maybe one day I will but I, it does feel like I've and that's why people think I flip-flop all the time oh she flip-flops her diet all the time because I'm just trying to find anything that yeah. can help me yeah. I do not care if that means all I can eat is celery for the rest of my life I would live a celery diet I don't even care I would do anything yeah but I don't know the answer neither do my, my neurologist neither does the internet what works for some people doesn't work for me so I'm just grasping at straws trying to find anything that could maybe give me some semblance of normalcy and <clears throat> yeah not so far yeah. when I like I honestly because I deal with like such a like myriad of like mm -hmm. things it's like okay one day I can wake up and like maybe my sinuses aren't that bad but okay now this is a migraine day and I have um like acute migraine syndrome or whatever the frick it's called because I have too many things to keep freaking in my brain um where I get neurological symptoms so like I literally can't spell I can't like oh, see I can't text that. oh really yes and she it's weird because she we chat on Marco Polo all the time and she had a migraine once and came on and she was speaking gibberish yeah and I was like whoa what's happening she's like oh it's a migraine thing I've got it happens a few times a year yeah uh, so I weird I've never wow yeah when they didn't um they they didn't know this at the start because they just thought that it was like migraines but then they realized that I was having neurological symptoms because um one time I literally was trying to take a math test and I could like I my I looked at my math test later and I was like this is literally like you can't read this and I had one when I first moved into Sam's house and she was like I thought you were wasted like because is, that's what you thought right yeah because you were texting me like super, well and like normally like even if I know you're like out drinking or something you're texting me like really like normally yeah but like you were texting me like nonsensical yeah and like really fucked up like um spelling and stuff like yeah. that which is not normal and that's so yeah. scary because that's yeah it's just like they do they i think the the doctor that i saw did relate it to like mild like stroke symptoms where like you you literally like you can't like your speech is impaired and your spelling is impaired and like like it's neurological symptoms right but then it it goes away so it's not like lasting effects and i think what's rough too is that and forgive me if this sounds dumb but the word migraine, I'll mm -hmm. use that as an example, it's so widely used, and a mm -hmm. lot of people have it, but it almost loses its meaning for people when they're yeah. like, I have a migraine. It, it almost, like, loses its... Because a migraine is horrific. Yeah. I've had maybe, like, a handful of migraines in my life. They're bad. Like, yeah. they're very, very, very painful. They last all day. You can't yep. speak. You can't talk to anybody. You're in a dark room. Mm -hmm. You feel sick to your stomach. Like that they're horrible and it's so much more than just like a headache you know and yeah they're debilitating and i feel for anyone that has to have them yeah they <laughs> like literally anything that's chronic sucks and that's the thing is like because i have all of these different things it's like if one of them is okay that day then it's like okay well i'm, I'm now i'm like have migraine symptoms and like okay well now my sinuses are acting up okay well i put my back out doing like literally sneezing like mm. you know what i mean it's like i feel like i can't get away from it so even even though like one of them might be okay it's like i i literally i don't know what like a normal day feels like 
It's always one or the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it does get like. When you, I'm just curious because like you have like such a range of things going on. Mm. When you notice like something new or something that maybe like doesn't happen as often, are you quick to like go in and get help for it because you like want to like nip it in the bud? Or are you someone that's more likely to be like, ugh, just like add it to the list kind of thing and like not really focus on it until it becomes like a real problem? I think it depends on what it is, honestly. I didn't go in for my migraines for a long time. Um, because I kind of just like accepted that they were a thing I was dealing with until I had one in Toronto and Glenn was like this is weird like this doesn't seem normal and then when I had the one that I had here I was really scared because it was so I think it was probably the most severe one I've ever had because I I was like genuinely scared that I was going to be like changed for life because I was trying to talk to my mom on the phone and I couldn't she couldn't understand me I couldn't like I needed water and I couldn't like sorry I couldn't tell Glenn that I needed it was like the weirdest thing so and then, this is just an example as well of the fact that I live with Alyssa and didn't realize this was happening <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so it, it kind of depends um so it took me a long time for that one I really don't go in for my back anymore because I literally wrote on a post-it note one time to my mom that I just I didn't want to go to any more doctor's appointments because I was like I'm just so sick of it like oh, I'll just it deal is with frustrating it. isn't it just like always having to be at the doctor and like yeah <sighs> But um, I recently started having problems with my chest and that one, um, I I started having problems a couple months ago, but they went away. And so I was like, okay, like I'll, maybe I was just anxious or whatever, because I do deal with anxiety. Um, And I know that they that anxiety can create like so many physical issues for you. So I was like, okay, I understand I have anxiety. This is probably what it is. Um, But then it came back and it didn't go away, even when I was feeling like sort of like not anxious mm. um and so then I, I actually did go in for that and now we're doing a bunch of tests I currently am wearing a heart monitor <laughs> how fitting yes, yeah <laughs> perfect day for this conversation <laughs> yeah so um things I guess I take certain things like a little bit more not seriously but like urgent I guess yeah just depending on like what it is um but yeah I, I'm kind I do feel um like defeated like a little jaded almost yeah yeah that's fair yeah I mean the hoops that I've had to jump through like even with my chronic like sinusitis they made me go to an allergy like I understand you have to go to all these things to rule things out but I mean it's just it's such a a long list like I had to go to um a ear nose and throat doctor who sent me to an allergy specialist who sat me sent me to a gastroenterologist where I got um that scope thingy (laughs) and then they sent me to a different one who gave me this weird liquid and then like it just you know what I mean it keeps going around and around and if none of those come out with a result yeah you keep chasing yes help yeah like I had um I had chest problems for actually quite a while um and I was trying to explore it a little bit as well and it was the same thing for me and especially because I don't deal with anything chronically I just would walk out of every single appointment being so defeated and they would have me like ever like now like you have this referral to go to this person and then that doesn't bring any answers and then you're going to this person and like at the end of it I was just like I mean fuck it like I like I was just like I don't want to keep doing this like this is like so mentally like shitty and draining to just go in here and do this whole like uncomfortable test because like when I was having chest problems like one of the things that we did was um they put like a brainwave monitor on I believe like to see like how if I was susceptible to seizures and all this kind of stuff and it's just like 
like they had to like sort of like glue these things like all over my head and like it just sounds so stupid but like there was like all this sticky shit in my hair after and like they were like sitting in there like shining lights in my eyes and turning the lights on and off and like I was just like it was just such an uncomfortable process to go in and do and then like take the bus home and have all this shit in your hair and, and did you get like, any answers no and, and, and that's the thing is like you know like when you go in and you're doing something that's like not comfortable and like you're scared and you're like hoping that there's nothing wrong but also like you want to figure out what's going on like it's just very like taxing emotionally and mentally and then it makes you not want to go to the next appointment because you're like I haven't gotten answers of the last five mm-hmm. and so now I'm going to go in and do this other thing and then go do this other thing and like it's just like yeah I actually don't know if I ever will get any answers because when my mom was pregnant with me um the doctors said that she wasn't pregnant and she was having all these symptoms and they did blood tests urine tests it all came back that she wasn't pregnant and they wanted to send her for an x-ray and she had an x-ray while I was inside of her uh and so did they tell her afterwards yeah so what ended up happening was they they told her that she was pregnant but that she would uh either miscarry or that I would be completely fine. That was those were the two options that she gave that she was given. Wow, that's oh. quite a leap. Yeah. So so my mom left, and she was obviously very upset, very concerned. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my mom today just to ask her if she was like okay with me even telling this story because throughout my life, like ever since I found this out, she's been like obviously devastated. Um, and she obviously was like, I mean, it's like it's your <laughs> life, but like thanks for respecting my privacy or whatever. Um, but that's what she was saying is she was like there was also no follow-up like they never called to check if she had miscarried they never called to check and see if like i Which was okay is fucking crazy right and so this these people who did this you know they don't know they don't know what happened and here i am and you know that's x-rays are very harmful to mm uh like fetuses embryos babies whatever um and that could be why i have very brittle bones and all of these kind of um just like such a range of symptoms yeah of like illnesses or or whatever and so i don't know maybe there is no rhyme or reason maybe it's just that i was x-rayed in utero and you know sometimes i do think we try as people who deal with so much to find like what have i done in my life that caused this right and i think I've come to terms with this at 31. Maybe we didn't do anything. Yeah. Maybe we were born mm-hmm. with issues. You know what I mean? Like that could have been the case. And so we try to look and like, why am I like this? Well, why are some people four months old and they get cancer? You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like that baby did anything. Yeah. Sometimes people are born and they have things wrong because like nobody else in my family has insulin resistance or PCOS. Right. I'm the only one. Nobody else has headaches. I'm the only one. So I'm like, what the hell happened to me? Who knows? I, I could just have been born with some issues. And I try to find the answer, but, you know, you yeah. never know. And do either of you, I think that's really interesting that you bring up, um, do either of you experience, like, guilt? Like, feeling like, like, I know for you, Christy, like, because you said that you think it might have been triggered by, like, this fertility drug. Do yes. either of you experience guilt where you're like, ugh, like, I shouldn't have done this? If I hadn't done this, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. Uh, especially me, because I feel like I, I'm always trying to find the thing that I did wrong that mm. caused me to get to this place. I can't do that because hindsight's twenty twenty. I can look back and be like, oh, it was X, Y, Z that caused this on this date. It, it, it is what it is now. I can't, I can't look back and do that. But 
Yes, 100%. I always am trying to find like the missing link mm. somehow or something that I did differently than somebody else. But, you know, and, and I mean, there's a lot of things too. Like I feel the guilt too of like, do I have kids? Yeah. Do I? Because it's a 50% chance my kid would get cluster headaches. Do you risk it? Right. But I want to have my own biological children. I think that would be lovely. So these mm. are all the things you have to think about. And where it's really sad is that I feel like it has stolen a huge part of my life because I don't, I would never wish this upon my worst enemy, let alone the love of my life, my child. Mm-hmm. But I, but do I not have kids because, and, and people will say like adopt or, you know, do all that stuff. And I think that's certainly an option, but it does take away the option of, yeah, of course. Your own biological child, which I think that people will be like so easy to quick adopt. Yeah. But, well, and and again, that's just kind of like a, a really um, like it, it's minimizing the reality of the situation because as much as like yeah, of course, there's other options. Right. It still is. I mean, like biologically, in my opinion, our purpose is <laughs> to to procreate. Like, right. Obviously, now people like take the choice or they don't kind of sure. thing and it's like you it's their own can choice live a fulfilling life without that but like biologically like that is like a lot of what drives us and, and so, i want to be a mom one day mm-hmm. i want to have my own child with my husband i want to do all of that stuff but the fear of passing down this hideousness to my child I, my husband's like well there's a 50 percent chance that it might not happen i'm like that's a really, really risky, you know yeah. what I mean? I see why he's doing that because I want him to be a dad and I want to be a mom. He, I want more than anything. Like, he really wants kids. I'm like, because of all my issues, I just right. can't even imagine. What if I got a cluster headache when I was pregnant? What would I do, you know? Yeah, no kidding. What yeah. do you do? Do I take a bunch of drugs? Do you just sit, sit through it? I mean, I'm so there's so many things to consider and that's, I think, a, one of the biggest things is that it, it takes away your life in a lot of ways. I can't yeah. just travel. I want to go just travel to other countries and like spend time in other places. I feel like I can't. And the fear of all of this chronic shit and all the pain and all that stuff stops me from doing a lot of the things that I want to do. And it, so mm-hmm. it just sucks. But I try not to dwell on that stuff too much. But it, it does feel bad that it robs you of the things that you want to do because you just, it's not your choice, you know. But yeah. you got to just keep on keeping all. And I feel like I could live a fulfilling life without kids maybe 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 <laughs> i don't know you know you don't know because i've never had kids but i have a niece and i love her with my whole heart so i can only imagine how yeah. much you love your own kid but you know it's i try to just like not bring this conversation yeah. to the saddest <laughs> i'm infertile anyway so we don't have to worry about any of that <laughs> your other debilitating chronic illness i laugh because you know you gotta you gotta just yeah. what the hell man maybe i'm not meant to have kids i don't know Mm. Well, it's a rough one. It's very sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask if you feel any guilt, Alyssa. Um, I do for some. So for a long time, I kind of blamed myself for like going on that trampoline, even though I was like six or seven God or damn that trampoline. Yeah. But <laughs> I thought I was like, fun. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what if, and it wasn't even so much blame. It was more so just like, what if? Yeah. Like, what if I hadn't? What if I hadn't? And then when I was in Toronto, And I went to my new back specialist. He said that it would have happened like regardless. And that took away a lot of the what if for me. Mm. Um, He said that it it would have happened even if I was just like on a hike one day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously. So it was already compromised? Yeah, because my bones are so brittle 
I mean, probably because I got x-rayed as a, as like a, in the womb or whatever. But, um, yeah, they're like, he said it would have happened. And I, I broke my foot stepping on a rock. Oh, I wow. stepped on a pebble and it hit like just the right part of my foot and it, it broke the bone. So it's like my, my bones are very fragile. Like I'm a, I'm a little fragile flower. Um, so that actually took away a lot of the, like, this was my fault sort of thing. Um, and then with like my, my chronic, Uh, sinusitis and stuff it actually came after like a really bad bout of bronchitis that I had gotten from like being in the party scene so I was like drinking and going out all the time and like not sleeping well and then I got bronchitis and continued like working and drinking and stuff like that and so that led to strep throat which I then got over. And we're bringing it right <laughs> back to strep, strep throat. throat. Sam, tell us all about it. The number one killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then one of, what one of my doctors said was when I got so sick, because I was, I was so sick, like bronchitis and then strep throat back to back. Um, they said it could have changed the like, I don't know what they said. I can't remember. It was something about chemicals or whatever in my body or something where my body started to attack itself. Um, and so I was like, oh, so I literally did do this. <laughs> but then this is the thing, right? Then I went to this other doctor who said that it's that my tonsils are diseased and um, the it's creating bacteria, which is like staying in my sinuses and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think that I just feel guilt for not treating my body properly throughout my early years, sure. just in general. But I am grateful that all of the bad things that I did do to it, like, you know, I'm still here. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I am at the for like I'm I'm out I'm able to do stuff I'm able to travel right like I I can deal with it so I'm still so grateful so I, yeah I don't know you guys are both troopers frankly <laughs> thanks try man yeah I feel like I can complain quite a bit but you know it's hard it, man it's hard it's hard to not to it really is sometimes I'm like <laughs> sometimes I just need to say owie yeah All right um, owie damn it yeah and like I think that like uh, like yeah I mean I, I just think again like I wish that people were more compassionate towards it because as much as like obviously you cannot understand it and like I can't understand either of your guys's position I've had a headache I've had back pain it's not what you guys are dealing with mm. and so not to minimize my own pain or whatever but it's not that and it's not that day after day after day and so I, I wish that people would be more compassionate even if you can't understand it because ultimately you know how shitty it feels to feel sick yeah and if that was every day mm-hmm. times 10, you would be miserable. And, mm-hmm. like, there would just be a time where you would want to be like, fuck, man. Yeah. I'm fucking sick. Like, I, I feel like shit. I'm tired. I'm whatever. Like, and I'm over this. And it's like, like, honestly, like, I think that sometimes, like, it's just so not fair or reasonable to expect people to just shut up about it. Mm-hmm. Because you might be tired of hearing it. But fucking imagine how tired they are of living it. Sure. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like, and it's just like, yeah, I just think that's so unfair. And I I really, I, like, with people making the comment about, like, Munchausen syndrome and all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. I just think that's so, um, who the fuck are you (laughs) to to even. It was guru gossip, to be fair. To be fair. (laughs) Regardless, like, like, what kind of human being are you to think that you can diagnose something that severe? Yeah. Because you're sick of hearing about someone's chronic illness. On a page that you come to yeah. willingly. Like, it's yeah. just, I don't know. I, it's just, to me, it's it's very disappointing because you don't know what it's like. You won't know what it's like, hopefully. Yeah. And I hope nobody does. That's the thing. And yeah. I hope that one day there is a cure for all this stuff. I mean, yeah, maybe. I, I hope. Yeah. And but people like, do have it worse than me. And in the 
but that doesn't matter like and i think i think in the meantime if the least you can do is vent yeah then like by all means fucking vent whenever you need like to me i'm just like i don't understand why there is any onus on the victim really to need to just suck it up basically yeah yeah and i can't why and i and i and i we want to i think that's the thing like if i could just be like all right bitch get your game face on it doesn't work like that (laughs) you don't need like the pain and all of these kinds of things also compounded with guilt yes and And an embarrassment of not wanting to talk about it and stuff like that and not wanting to have to say this is what's going on again again and again and again yeah, yeah. And i feel bad for my husband i always i always apologize to him i'm like so sorry that you have to live your life like this and he's like what do you mean and i i feel horrible i'm like that you have to have a wife like this and he's like shut up but mm-hmm. yeah. when you are sick all the time you're like we don't travel we don't you know you feel sorry for yourself yeah. and you have to go through that but but yeah. even like with you Alyssa, like anytime you like clear your throat and stuff like that still you're like sorry and I'm like, huh? Like, I don't even, I don't notice, I don't notice it because I'm just like, you're just doing what you need to do. Yeah. And like, it's never been something that I've been like grossed out by or bothered by or whatever. And it's just like, there's nothing to like apologize for. <laughs> like, it's what you have to do. And like, sometimes what you have to do is fucking talk about it. Yeah. 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 That's so true. It does help sometimes to talk about it too. Well, I'm glad we had the chance to all talk about it here today. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank Thanks you, Christy, for coming. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.